on Monday morning, and you know what that means, streamers. Welcome back to the Isolation Station of Love. This is Doz Does Disney, and I'm your host. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ. Landon the Doz Dome, kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of Disney news coming out of the House of the Mouse in Orlando, Florida. We're talking Walt Disney World. Happy October, everybody. Um, We are nine months through the year that is 2023, and I'm... Uh, yeah, Halloween's going to be right around the corner. Um, uh, hopefully you've already started Christmas shopping because that too will sneak up on us like, well, the month of October has. It snuck up on me personally. I said it last week. Feels like we were just doing the whole Labor Day weekend thing not that long ago, which I mean, I guess in the scheme of things, it wasn't that long ago, but it feels like it was a short it, I'm not here to talk about calendars. Um, uh, got a light-ish news show this week. Uh, we got, uh, got this week in Disney history here in a moment. But uh, I do want to give you a heads up at the end of this episode. I have a very special announcement. No, it's not going to be Landon's Lorcana Corner. But it is an announcement I want you all to hear. So be sure and stick around for that. But before we get to the end of the show, we got to start the show off. And you know how we do things around here. We kick off this show with This Week in Disney History. This week in Disney history, we're going to be looking at uh, the day we're recording this October 1st through October 7th. And uh, quite a lot happened on this week in Disney history, because uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but October 1st is the day the Magic Kingdom opened, and it's also the day that Epcot opened, not on the same year, obviously. That would that would have been a crazy, crazy uh, day down in Orlando. But uh, yeah, today, the day we're recording this, October 1st, is the 52nd birthday of the Magic Kingdom down in Orlando, Florida, because in 1971, almost 10,000 visitors converge on Orlando, Florida, to witness the grand opening of Walt Disney World, which includes the Magic Kingdom, Disney's second theme park, and two resorts. Stepping up for the first time at the Magic Kingdom is the Character Parade, uh, Disney World's very first daily parade. Taking place twice daily at 12.30 and then 5.30, the parade will run through December 9th. Now, playing piano at Coke Corner on this opening day at the Magic Kingdom is Randy Morris, and fun fact, five decades later to the day, he will still be tickling the ivories on Disney World's 50th anniversary. Man, talk about some staying power. Uh, good on you, Randy. And also on this day, a special 9 by 5 foot American flag is flown over the White House in Washington, D.C. for the first time. It will later be gifted to Walt Disney World by then-U.S. President Richard Nixon to raise in Town Square on October 25th, which would be Magic Kingdom's official dedication day. On October 1st, this time in 1982, Epcot Center at Disney World has its official grand opening with more than 100 TV crews from all over the world covering the event. They got bands and orchestras played to huge crowds, and Walt Disney's wife Lillian helps in the dedication of Spaceship Earth. The park itself will be dedicated on October 24th. Uh, now... If you're a Disney fan, you probably know this, but uh, Epcot is an acronym coined by Walt Disney himself in 1966, meaning Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, and it's Disney's third theme park. A lot happening on October 1st back in the day, like I said, but that's not all because on October 1st, 1983, the Horizon Pavilion opens in Future World at Epcot. Uh, it includes the film Choose Your Tomorrow and Omnisphere. The attraction uses Disney's Omnimover conveyance system, which takes guests past show scenes depicting visions of the future, which are probably hilariously outdated at this point. But, you know, uh, that attraction, that film, 
that experience no longer with us. October 1st, 1986, the second major anniversary celebration, this one to honor Walt Disney World's 15th anniversary begins. Upon arriving at the Magic Kingdom, guests are greeted by a large Mickey Mouse clock in the courtyard area outside of the turnstiles with all the numbers on the clock being 15. That had to be slightly confusing to some guests. Anyway, a giant topiary birthday cake marks the occasion in the hub right in front of Cinderella Castle. The seven foot tall cake measures 41 feet in circumference and features more than 11,000 live plants. Also on this day, the Diamond Horseshoe Review becomes known as the Diamond Horseshoe Jamboree. There you go. Staying on October 1st, 1987, Epcot's Daredevil Circus Spectacular premieres on the Communicore stage in Future World. It includes the greatest show in space and high wire hero Jay Cochran, otherwise known as the Skywalker. The opening act are four elephants, Carrie, Babe, Shirley, and Emma, billed as mutant prehistoric pachydermis from the steaming jungles of a little-known planet in the Arturian cosmos. It's a mouthful. Uh, this show is performed four times a day. Epcot's Daredevil Circus Spectacular will run through March 19th of 1988. So, not a long run for uh, Daredevil Circus Spectacular, a show that I didn't know existed until I started doing research for today's episode. October 1st, 1988, this time, the uh, Caribbean or Caribbean Beach Resort opens at Walt Disney World, featuring over 2,100 rooms. It is the first moderately priced resort on Disney's property. Uh, the Caribbean is set on 200 acres of land to the southeast of Epcot. Guests stay in one of many small apartment buildings grouped into six villages that encircle Barefoot Bay. Never stayed at uh, the Caribbean Beach Resort, but, um, you know, they look nice. So there you go. October 1st, 1992 this time in Epcot, the San Angel Inn restaurant opens in the Mexico Pavilion. If you've been in the Mexico Pavilion, if you've been on the Three Caballeros ride, it's that restaurant you go by on the ride. I've never eaten there, mainly because I hear the reviews are kind of eh. It's more of the novelty you get to eat in the Mexico Pavilion and you get to see the boats go by on the Three Caballeros. That's, that's kind of the draw, not necessarily the food. And... I don't know if that's enough to justify paying Disney prices for that. But uh, October 1st, 1992, the San Angel Inn restaurant opens there in the Mexico Pavilion. October 1st, 1996, Walt Disney World begins its 15-month-long 25th anniversary celebration with a rededication of the Florida Resort by then-CEO Michael Eisner, Vice Chairman Roy Disney, and First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton. Also on that date in 1996, the Barnstormer, a little roller coaster with a brief but zippy ride, opens at the Magic Kingdom. Um, I know it's more of a kid roller coaster, but I like the Barnstormer. Fun little roller coaster. It's a nice introduction for the Littleins to uh, get acclimated to roller coasters. So there you go. October 1st, 1999, the new Imagination Pavilion, formerly known as the Journey into Imagination Pavilion and Millennium Village Pavilion, both open at Epcot. The Imagination Pavilion features the new Millennium version of the Journey into Your Imagination attraction, while the Millennium Village, a 60,000 square foot pavilion, is the centerpiece of Disney's Millennium Celebration. Also officially debuting is going to be Tapestry of Nations, a parade around the World Showcase Lagoon, as well as Illuminati. Illuminations 2000's Reflections of Earth, which was a nighttime spectacular utilizing fireworks, pyrotechnics, water fountains, fire effects, uh, lasers, searchlights, 
as well as a large rotating globe. Today also marks the start of official Disney pin trading in both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Uh, pin trading was one of those things I started to dip my uh, toe in the pool, so to speak. Uh, thought about getting into, but then I realized I don't need another thing that involves collecting and trading and spending my money on. Which is hilarious because two weeks ago I talked about uh, getting into Disney Lorcana. So just goes to show what I know. October 1st, 2019, Epcot Forever makes its debut in Epcot. The nighttime show serves as the interim replacement for the previously mentioned Illuminations Reflection of Earth until the long-term replacement in Harmonious will premiere in 2020. The show celebrates Epcot's 37-year history featuring fireworks, music, lighting, lasers, and special effect kites set to an arrangement of music originating from some of the park's classic attractions such as Journey into Imagination, Spaceship Earth, Soarin', and uh, Universe of Energy as well. And finally, at least for October 1st, uh, this time in the year 2021, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure makes its debut in the France Pavilion of the World Showcase in Epcot. I think Remy's a fine ride. Um, I don't know if the weight uh, that you see for Remy necessarily is justified by the attraction you get out of it, but it's fine. You know, do it once. <laughs> Ringing endorsement, I know. October 2nd, 1992. Uh, although it's been running since July 17th, the Splash Mountain attraction at Magic Kingdom has officially had its grand opening on October 2nd. Uh, of course, it was based on the 1946 uh, film Song of the South. The ride features the antics of Briar Fox and Briar Bear's attempt to catch that wily Briar Rabbit as he looks for his laughing place. And of course, uh, Recently, we saw the closure of Splash Mountain, and it, it's now being rethemed into uh, Tiana's Splash Mountain. I forget the official name, but it's being rethemed into uh, something about Princess and the Frog, and we'll see uh, what that looks like when it opens later in the future. Um, I'm looking forward to the new iteration of Splash Mountain. Uh, October 2nd, 2016, The Muppets arrive in the Magic Kingdom uh, to star in a new show, Great Moments in American History. There are two different versions of the show, one with a runtime of 11 minutes and then the other at eight, both of which are repeated multiple times a day outside the Hall of Presidents. Um, hey, more Muppet representation. We're all four here on Does Does Disney. October 3rd, 1971, going back to, uh, I guess, the opening days of the Magic Kingdom and uh, Walt Disney World as a whole, we see Peter Pan's flight open on the third day of business. Uh, this is still an attraction that even though it debuted on day three of the Magic Kingdom, that still can demand a crazy long wait. And unlike Ratatouille, I can see why. Like, there's, there's just something about Peter Pan's flight that still to this day as a grown man i love that attraction so uh highly recommend peter pan's flight uh that opened on october 3rd back in 1971 october 3rd this time in 1996 the world of disney which is the world's largest disney store opens at the village marketplace down in florida if you've ever uh, been to uh world of disney down there at uh disney springs you big old Disney store. <laughs> Great place to spend your money, which I'm sure Disney is all about. Uh, also on October 3rd, 1996, uh, Epcot's new Illuminations 25 debuts to the public, although it had been entertaining guests since September. It officially debuts on October 3rd, 1996. Uh, October 3rd, 1998, this time, uh, Epcot's Discovery Center 
comes to a close, located in Interventions East. It helped guests explore the subjects of Future World and World Showcase in more depth. The area occupied by the center will later become Mouse Gear, the largest retail store in any of the theme parks, and then Mouse Gear will later become Creation Shop. Or, excuse me, Creations Shop. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, October 3rd, 2020, this time, the Disney's Grand Floridian Society Orchestra, renamed the Disney Society Orchestra, plays its final Walt Disney World show at the Theater of the Stars in Disney's Hollywood Studios. We talked last week how they were a fixture at the, at the Grand Floridian uh, Hotel, and then Disney decided to make the call back in 2020 to... Uh, discontinue their performances and it's uh, nice that they were able to have a send-off in the theater of the stars at hollywood studios and uh, disney even broadcasted the event live on the internet and there's still people that are kind of sore at disney for uh, getting rid of the uh, grand floridian society orchestra or the disney society orchestra whatever you want to call them october 4th 1993 disney world's mission to mars attraction running since june of 1975 comes to a close in tomorrowland now in 1995 it will be reopened uh, as extraterrestrial alien encounter and will terrify a young Landon and will ultimately uh, then be rethemed to Stitch's Great Escape, uh, which will disappoint several guests and then it will be turned into a broom closet. Okay, it's not a broom closet, but it's currently not anything right now. Uh, October 5th, 1982, uh, Epcot Center's uh, World of Motion, a whimsical look at the development of transportation from the human foot to a bustling futuristic city is officially dedicated, although it had been up and running since the park's grand debut on October 1st. Uh, it was sponsored by General Motors, the very first company to sign with Disney to sponsor an Epcot pavilion. Fun little fact there. Uh, visitors board moving Omnimover vehicles and are taken through scenes filled with audio animatronic figures and and, uh, projection effects. Upon completion of the ride, guests enter the Trans Center featuring educational attractions which include prototype cars such as the uh, Lean Machine in the Dreamer's Workshop and a film called The Water Engine. Uh, this will come to a close in 1996. World of Motion will later be replaced with Test Track. October 5th, 2014. This is a uh, date that a lot of Epcot fans are still a little chapped about. Maelstrom comes to a close at Epcot to make way for a new attraction themed on Frozen, which will then open in 2016. I can't believe it's been nine years since Maelstrom closed. That just that just doesn't doesn't seem possible. But uh, like I love Maelstrom. I I like Frozen. But even I would admit as a Maelstrom fan, towards the end, I mean, it was practically a walk-on attraction. And now you turn around and look at it, Frozen always has one of the longest lines in Epcot for any attraction. So I guess I'm, Disney was justified in their decision, but it still is a bummer that uh, Maelstrom came to a close on October 5th, 2014. Uh, October 6th, 2014, um, it's announced that Memento Mori, the Haunted Mansion-themed merchandise shop, is officially opened in Liberty Square. Um, that's one of the more fun, unique merchandise options in uh, the Magic Kingdom, and I would say Walt Disney World as a whole. Uh, I like going in there, just looking around at the cool Haunted Mansion-themed merch they have. They also have a cool area where you can get your picture taken, and uh, you can become one of the 999 Happy Haunts. I did that, and it's uh, perfect for a Halloween decoration. So, uh, and, and it doesn't really break the bank either. I think it was like 20 25 bucks. so uh, it's a fun little fact. Uh, I, I assume they're still doing it. I don't know. Uh, but go check that out in, Mor or in Memento Mori. 
October 7th, 1991. Uh, today officially starts the sales of DVC or the Disney Vacation Club. A uh, preview center located at Walt Disney World gives details to guests who wish to, quote, discover a better way to vacation. Uh, the center will later be known as Disney's Old Key West Resort, and the DVC Preview Center will be moved to Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa. I am not a DVC member. I know some of you in the audience are DVC members. It's something I've kicked around, but then I realized, oh, wait, I don't have a lot of money to spend on DVC. But, you know, it's neat to look at and, and, and think that I could someday invest in something like that. But I know, I know a lot of people who are really big fans of DVC. So, uh, yeah, had its uh, launch back on October 7th of 1991. Kind of... Uh, Still relatively young in the scheme of things. 1991 is when it launched, uh, so kind of surprised on that. And then finally for this week in Disney history, on October 7th, 1998, Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin, which was uh, housed in a space formerly occupied by Take Flight, opens in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, presented by Mattel, the first interactive dark ride at Magic Kingdom will later go on to have its official opening on November 3rd. Um, I love... Uh, Space Ranger Spin, even though I never get a good score on it, and uh, I, I know there are videos out there where you can like you know watch how to how to how to get good so to speak on Space Ranger Spin, but uh, I've yet to watch any of those get good videos, so uh, I guess I'm just okay with my okay scores. But uh, I know some of y'all out there have gotten you know the 999,999 score and you get the sticker and all that fun stuff because I see you post about it on space on Facebook and I totally don't get jealous about it but uh <laughs> that is this week in Disney history and uh news wise not a lot happening but the news that we do have uh is focused a lot almost exclusively on Epcot with the exception of this story we knew it was coming and you know we knew it was coming, so it was just a matter of time. All remaining dates have now sold out for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. I think when we were recording last week, the only date that was still left was the Halloween party that was after Halloween on November 1st. I think that was the only one left, but as of this recording... Not so scary is not so available anymore if you didn't get your ticket. Um, uh, Blog Mickey does point out that the pace was slower on ticket sales this year compared to last, but a complete sellout is still impressive after significantly increased prices in 2022 remained for the 2023 event. And Blog Mickey also points out this is the second year in a row the event completely sold out all dates. And I think this is just going to be kind of the norm going forward for any of these holiday ticketed after hour events we're gonna see them sell out i'm curious to see what mickey's very merry is going to look like when it comes to sellouts we're already starting to see some of those dates sell out but very merry is still a little while away because we're just now in the month of october the spooky season but uh not so scary halloween party has officially sold out for the 2023 season Okay, I lied. This uh, the last story, and this story aren't about Epcot. But uh, this is this is new, uh, at least to my knowledge. Even though it doesn't really apply to me, if you know anything about me in real life, I have bad ears, and that means I can't, you know, get in 
swimming pools or go to water parks, but Disney is now offering seasonal water park pass options, kind of, you know, APs for their uh, water parks. I, I, I know a lot of people really dig their water parks, but Disney put out an announcement uh, for a seasonal water park pass that allows guests to visit again and again with no blackout dates through next spring. In their statement, Disney says, quote, uh, this pass is valid for use through May 24th, 2024, with no blackout dates, the Disney Water Park Seasonal Pass is $79 for adults and $73 for children ages 3 through 9. The Seasonal Pass is valid for admission to either Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park or Disney's Blizzard Beach Water Park, whichever is open. Check the park calendar to see which park is open. As, as of this time, a park reservation is not required to visit a water park. However, reservation requirements are subject to change. So... I think for that price point, if you and your party love going down to either Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach, I think for the price point, that's that's pretty dang good. Now, granted, this comes from a guy who doesn't go to the water park, so I don't, you know, have a lot of experience purchasing tickets for that. But I mean, 80 bucks for adults and 75 for for the youngins. I mean, and you can go through pretty much the end of May with no blackout dates. Uh, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good deal. Uh, so I'm, uh, I guess, good on Disney for making this what at least what it seems affordable. Kind of, kind of shocked on that one. Okay, now we are strictly uh, Epcot news for the rest of this podcast. Um, I know when we were talking uh, this week in Disney history, I was talking how Frozen generally has one of the longest lines in Epcot, but according to a blog Mickey post, uh, it is not the longest line in Epcot right now. That goes to Soren, particularly Soren over California, as the California iteration of Soren uh, recently made its return for the Disney 100, a limited time return, as it were. So far, the attraction is averaging about a 70-plus minute wait, and this comes according to uh, thrilldata.com. Now, in comparison, Soren around the world averaged around a 37-minute wait this month before the recent swap to the California version. At an average wait of 75 minutes since its return, Soarin' Over California has the highest average wait time at Epcot this month, edging out Frozen Ever After by two minutes and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure by 13 minutes. Oof, this, this next number hurt. Standby wait times peaked at 145 minutes in the early afternoon of Sunday, September 24th. Wow, 145 minutes for Soarin' Over California. Now, I do understand that this is a limited time run on Soarin' Over California, and you might not have experienced this unless you, you know, head out to the left coast where it is, you know, shown on a more regular basis because, you know, California and stuff like that. But, oof, 145 minutes. Um, mm, that's, uh, that's something else. Now, this is a limited time run. Um, we don't know when this limited time run is going to come to an end, though uh, Blog Mickey in their article says it's expected that Soarin' Over California will remain at Epcot until the end of 2023 when it will swap back to Soarin' Around the World in early 2024. They also say it's possible that the return to Soarin' Around the World in 2024 will bring an updated finale with the new look for the world celebration on display during the Epcot finale segment. Um, 
I guess that's a possibility because if you think about all the work that Epcot has gone through, particularly here recently, but I guess since uh, Soren Around the World was installed back in, what, uh, 2005, 2006, I believe, Epcot is vastly different from what you see uh, at the end of Soren Around the World. So I guess it would make sense for them to possibly update that finale, and maybe they're using this time to update the finale. But also them saying that uh, Soren Over California is expected to remain through the end of 2023. As somebody who's going to be down by uh, in November, that makes me happy because I, I want to experience... Uh, Soarin' over California, uh, though I don't know if I'm going to be waiting 145 minutes. That's just me, though. Another new experience coming to Epcot is going to be the Moana Journey of Water attraction. And we found out uh, last week that this attraction, this outdoor attraction, can and will be impacted by inclement weather at Epcot. Because during an annual Passholder preview event, uh, the preview event actually was paused because of inclement weather. And according to cast members, if, if there's lightning in the area, like any other outdoor attraction, they will pause or close Journey of Water, which I mean, that kind of comes from the Department of Duh. They, I mean, they'll treat it like any other outdoor attraction. This is a outdoor attraction with a lot of water and you, you don't want a bunch of wet guests uh, walking through this attraction if there's lightning in the area. So, I mean, that makes sense, but the fact that cast members have come out officially and said, "Yeah, yeah, we will, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll shut this down if, if we need to, if uh, there is weather in the area." So, and, and we saw it last week. So, uh, something to keep in mind when you are in Epcot: uh, maybe open up your weather app and see when would be a good time, or more accurately, when would not be a good time to go through the walkthrough journey of water inspired by Moana down at Epcot when it opens on October 16th. If you're a fan of uh, living with the land like I am, keep your eyes peeled the next time you're on the attraction, particularly in the uh, biotechnological lab area, because a new sign has been installed. Uh, the new sign embraces the new design language for the ongoing Epcot refresh, as well as uh, utilizing the green color scheme of the World Nature section, previously known as Future World West. Uh, the old sign had, you know, that teal and yellow background. This new sign... Uh, black background, white lettering with a yellow strike through it uh, to make it pop. Looks good. I, I mean, it's, it's a sign. It's still living with the land. It's still an awesome attraction. Highly recommend, but uh, something to keep your eye out for the next time you're going through. Yeah, we're talking about signs on living with the land. Like I said, guys, not a lot happened this week. If you're a fan of Winnie the Pooh and uh, meet and greets, uh, this, this has to be some good news for you. According to Scott Gustin and, uh, by God, on my My Disney Experience app, Winnie the Pooh is once again meeting guests inside of Christopher Robin's room in the UK Pavilion at Epcot. Uh, the, quote, meet a friend from the Hundred Acre Woods times are listed in the My Disney Experience app, and they're listed starting at 9, 9.30, 10, 10.30, 11, 11.30, noon. Then there's a small break, then it picks back up at 1.40, 2.10, 2.40, 3.10, and then finally 340. Now, I do think it's interesting. It says, meet a friend from the Hundred Acre Woods. So you assume it's uh, going to be Winnie the Pooh, but at the same time, meet a friend from the Hundred Acre Woods. Maybe you could throw some uh, Tigger in there or, you know, some Eeyore, maybe, Rabbit. I don't know. Uh, I do think it's interesting that uh, 
Meet a friend leaves it open to interpretation, but uh, early pictures uh, do show Winnie the Pooh in Christopher Robin's room in the UK Pavilion. So if you are a fan of meeting and greeting characters, you now have uh, that option. And I don't know if that means Pooh will stop making appearances on the uh, field in between the uh, land pavilion and the uh, journey into imagination area. So I'll be curious to see if we stop seeing him appear there chasing butterflies. And then finally, news-wise, fun little scavenger hunt is coming back to Epcot where we see Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit returning for the 2023 Halloween season. Now, Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit will run alongside the already-in-progress Remy's Ratatouille hide-and-squeak scavenger hunt. So that means you got two of them going at the same time. Uh, Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit will be available through October 31st and redemption prizes will be available through November 1st or while supplies last. So what this means for $9.99, you get a you get a map uh, where you walk around the World Showcase looking for pumpkins that are dressed up like Disney characters like uh, Groot, Figment, uh, Wally, Chippendale, Mickey Mouse, etc., etc. And when you find them, you put the corresponding sticker on the corresponding spot on your map. Once you complete the map, you take it back to one of three spots, the Creation Shop and World Celebration, the Port of Entry slash Disney Traders and World Showcase, or the World Traveler at International Gateway, and turn it in for a mini pumpkin sipper uh, featuring one of five characters in pumpkin form. So that's, that's, that's cool. Your five character options are going to be Goofy, Stitch, Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse, and then Pluto, once again, in pumpkin form. So I think it's cool, and it gives, gives you something to do when you are down in uh, Epcot, maybe if... You have a little one with you who isn't uh, super enthused uh, and can't participate in the eating and drinking that uh, us adults like to do when we're at Epcot. I know the last time I was down uh, with the Smokinaut girlfriend, uh, we had her daughter with us and we did the, it, it was the Spike's Pollen Nation Exploration, something like that, where we looked for Spike in different areas in uh, in Epcot of him pollinating flowers and stuff like that. and. Uh, at the end, uh, my, uh, the Smoking Out Girlfriend's daughter was able to turn it in for a prize. Actually, Justin Monorail was hanging out with us that day. And, and even though uh, she got the prize, it was a lot of fun for us to, you know, go and look in areas we may not have normally explored or paid attention to in Epcot to uh, try and help her get her prize. So, uh, yeah, the Pluto's Pumpkin Pursuit is officially back for the 2023 Halloween season running through the end of October. Uh, so go go check that out for the price of $9.99. Huh, so that is all the news that is fit to report this week. Uh, but I did say we have a special announcement that I wanted to make at the end of the podcast. And uh, that is next week's going to be the last episode of Dodds Does Disney. I've talked about how this is a labor of love and I still love y'all. Things are changing. We'll have more information about that change in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, I just feel like now is a good time to uh, wind it down. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what's coming in the future. But I want to let y'all know that next week is going to be the final episode of Does Does Disney. Don't go anywhere. We, podcast feed is still going to be up. You can still download old episodes. We got an episode coming next week. Um I might drop some stuff after that. Who knows? But uh, week to week, next week is going to be it for Does Does Disney. Um, thank you all for coming along on this uh, <laughs> this, 
this little experiment that we got uh, as of next week, 86 episodes out of. I know it started when uh, when the Monday morning monorail came to a close. I uh, went solo on the monorail a couple times, as we lovingly referred to uh, as the Captain Poochie era. Uh, then uh, I guess this turned into uh, the Captain Poochie show where, where I went solo. I uh, had, you know, Jay and Steffers with me at various points and nothing but love to them. They're both amazing people, and I'm fortunate to have them both in my life. But, uh, yeah, just uh, things are changing. Everything's everything's good on my end. Not going anywhere. Still going to be around online talking about Disney stuff. But uh, when it comes to the Does Does Disney podcast and the Does Does Disney moniker, next week we're going to be turning out the lights, and uh, I wanted to let you all know. So uh, if you have any fun memories, favorite episodes, favorite gaffes that I've had, uh, favorite things that I've just flat out got wrong because let's be honest, I've gotten some things wrong in the last 85, soon to be 86 episodes of Does Does Disney. Uh, get at me on uh, on Twitter at uh, Landaz, at Does Does Disney on Twitter. The Twitter account's not going anywhere. But uh, yeah, well, uh, we got at least one more episode, guys. So uh, we have that to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> But until we talk next week on the finale of Daz Does Disney, thank a cast member. Thank a team member. Disney and Universal, pay your cast members and pay your team members a living wage. We love coming down to your parks. Hell, some of us even tolerate spending all of our money down at your parks. But without your cast members, without your team members, none of what you have happening happens. So treat them and more importantly, pay them like the rock stars that they are. And be decent to each other, too. You don't know what everybody else has going on in their lives. Um, you don't know how far a kind of word or a kind of gesture will go. And it costs you nothing to be nice, so uh, why not be nice? And take care of yourself, too. I'm not talking just physically, I'm talking mentally, too. Because your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And I'll even add, wash your hands uh, because COVID numbers are spiking again. Some people that I care about, unfortunately, are having to uh, deal with COVID uh, right now as, uh, as I'm recording this. And uh, I hate that for them. So uh, take care of yourself in that aspect, too. And uh, breathe. Have a little bit of fun. And if you could do both of those things, that'd mean the world to me. Guys, I love you. We'll be back next week for the finale of Daz Does Disney. But until then, you've been great. And I've been Daz Daz Disney. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was love of the mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. 
So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything. I've just always wanted to say that. Oh, 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 o